What's going on, guys? Welcome back to yet another episode of the For the Berg podcast. My guest today was a member of my favorite band of all time, Taking Back Sunday, during the Where You Want to Be and Louder Nowadays. He's been a part of some awesome bands in the past, including his current solo project, The Color Fred. That's right, today I have Fred Mascherino. Fred and I run through every album that he's recorded with Taking Back Sunday, Terrible Things, and The Color Fred. He gives us his favorite songs from each record. He tells us about the worst time he was hit by one of Adam Lazaro's mic swings back in the TBS days. He also shows a bunch of Pittsburgh love and gives us his daily jag-off. And make sure to stay tuned till the end of the talk because we play his newest Color Fred single, Lost and Lonely. Awesome stuff for all those old school Taking Back Sunday fans. It's a good one, guys. Enjoy. Nope. Mr. Pop. All right, guys, today I have Fred Mascherino from The Color Fred, formerly of Taking Back Sunday, Breaking Pangea, Terrible Things, a bunch of awesome stuff. Fred, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining the show. Hey, thanks. It's good to be here. Uh, I love Pittsburgh. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. We'll get to Pittsburgh stuff later. But um, So uh, you usually start these out with uh, just getting into some of your earlier musical influences when you decided you wanted to be in a, uh, in a band or when you knew that was actually a possibility. Yeah, um, I, uh, I started playing guitar uh, in grade school my um my mom's a musician and there was always guitars and pianos around so i you know i became fascinated with that and with the radio and records and um so i i mean i started a band before i even played an instrument we were like just singing <laughs> stuff um and i wrote songs but then when i finally got a guitar um I just immediately try to start bands, and I guess by high school I had a, a legitimate band, probably by tenth grade, and we would actually go out and play places. Nice. So, and that was that was called Stickman. Stickman, uh, which, which is which never uh, never really uh, saw the you know none of our recordings saw the light of day, but uh, <laughs> uh, and then I got to college and I took uh, one me and another guy from Stickman started Brody and then I continued to do that uh until uh till Breaking Pangea so yeah um so can we get in, into a little bit of uh Breaking Pangea but maybe the transition between whenever you joined Taking Back Sunday how that came about and what was going on at the time yeah so Breaking Pangea was like pretty much after I finished college I went to school for jazz guitar and got a degree in that and was trying to, you know, even though I played jazz, I always just wanted to be in the play the type of music that you know me by. I always wrote those songs. And so Breaking Pangea was the first band that I finally found like minded people that wanted to tour full time. So they could just drop everything and let's get in the van and just go. And doesn't matter how much money we make, let's just make it happen, you know. Mm -hmm. and sleep in the van eat nothing you know all that so at the same time that i was doing that um i uh had met eddie reyes i had met eddie actually in Bro when i was still in brody but um then uh the drummer breaking pangea was from long island so it was sort of like an additional connection to the to, to uh to taking back sunday which eddie had just started and we 
Breaking Pangea, we went out with Further Scenes Forever. We went out with the band called Elliot, and we played with Dashboard Confessional, Newfound Glory, um, a lot of the bands of the of that time. Um, Taking Back Sunday was actually still small at the time we played with them, but they were starting to blow up. Um, and uh, and then when they finally came out with their record on Victory, they did a headlining tour and asked us to come as as like their old friends and um i was on that tour um for a couple weeks um they're like the best shows breaking Pangea ever played it was like sold out giant places nice and at the end of that tour uh we we just did a portion of it maybe a quarter and then other bands were on it um at the end of that tour, we weren't on it anymore. They, um, John and Sean quit the band. And uh, everybody was wondering if they were going to continue on or if that was the end of the band. And, um, you know, Eddie's so damn determined. You know, he's like, you know, yeah, no, just keep going. Pick up the pieces and keep going. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so when I heard that, um, I called him and just inquired, like, hey, is, uh, you know, are you guys filling John's position? He's like, what, do you want to be in my band or something? Uh, and uh, <laughs> I was like, no, nah, no, nah, just curious. What, what are you guys doing? And he's like, you want to be in my band, don't you? <laughs> so anyway, by the end of that night, I was in the band. I had talked to Adam Lazaro on the phone. I had talked to Mark O'Connell on the phone. And uh, I was that night I went out to Walmart because I didn't actually own a copy of their record. <laughs> and this is before streaming, obviously, this was in 03. I went to Walmart at 24 hour at like 3 a.m. and bought their CD, came back and then stayed up all night learning their songs. That's I was funny. afraid they were going to be like, come up today and I was going <laughs> to not be ready. So. That's awesome though. Um, so you you mentioned they were just they were kind of small, just starting starting to blow up at the time. Uh, was it like a quick zero to hundred after that? I know uh, kind of the beginning of uh, their success there when you joined. The album was out like you mentioned, but you guys were playing Kimmel for the first time and yep. things like that. I mean that's that's pretty big deal there. That was I mean it was the perfect time to join honestly, but. <laughs> um, uh, and honestly, like those guys quitting kind of added. Um, more attention to the band because people were concerned that a band they just found out about that was really cool was going to end and then um so when i came in it was like oh wow like then it was more like is this going to be as good as it was or not and i knew like i you know i had bands that were my favorite bands that lost members that got that kind of like never recovered and I was like, man, I, I, you know, I know how easily they could lose it all right now. And my job was to, like, make it so that it got better and not worse. And that, like, people didn't notice that the guys left. It definitely got better, though. You're right. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> yeah. Um, so something I do like to do with uh, some of the guys when it makes sense here is like a little album run through. Um, yeah. So just like a little quick little story about the writing or recording process of each record, what was going on during that time, and maybe just your personal favorite song from each. Uh, we'll we'll start with Taking Back Sunday. We'll we'll go through a couple here. Uh, the the first one that you were on, where you want to be? Yeah. So that was recorded in Hoboken, New Jersey, um, and uh, Lou Giordano was the producer and he became a close friend of mine uh in the years that followed um he wound up recording the color fred album that i did um 
But um, we went to him because he had done a lot of bands we liked. He, he did like the Goo Goo Dolls. He did this band, Sunny Day Real Estate. We were big fans of the band Sam I Am. He did the Ataris. So he was like somebody that I really wanted to work with. And um, we went up to Water Music in Hoboken, um, which some of the records I liked growing up were recorded there. And um, it was the first like time that we that we sort of had um, all the time in the world to to record. You know, we were on somewhat of a schedule, but we 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 kind of were able to go all out. You know, we I remember we rented like these um, chimey bells, like they were like. Uh, they sounded like church bells, like dong, dong, dong. And we, we did them in, I think, 180 by summer in the, mm-hmm. at the end of the song. And we were just like, we like, we never would have been able to do something like that before, like rent an instrument or like, let's rent a timpani and see what <laughs> happens. You know, we hired some guy to like write strings um, for a uh, new American classic. And he, he like uh, arranged all the strings and, and had them played and, you know, just kind of like next level stuff that that was like, all right, we're making our dream record right now. So so that was an, an awesome experience. And being brand new in the band um, made it that much more exciting for me. Yeah. Uh, so what would your favorite song be off of that record? Um, I would say like uh, probably, well, uh, it's hard to pick between two, but I'll, I'll say this photograph is proof. I know, nice. you know. Awesome. Um, I I always um, was happy that we made a video for that one. And yeah. I mean, I sing the chorus on that one, so uh, it's especially meaningful to me. I I wrote a lot of those lyrics and uh, all the lyrics in that song, so oh, that nice. was a great one. So. <laughs> well, what was the other one you were you were between? Um, I really like Bonus Mosh Part Two. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I like that is that that was a, like a full band effort on that one um and it was also the first song that we wrote together it was this riff that eddie had Mm -hmm. and um and i really thought it was a cool riff um so then we kind of made a song out of it and that was like um i don't know that was a magical moment because it was like i said the first one that we wrote together yeah, I had Eddie on the show. He was actually the, the first guest. He said bonus mosh part too. That's what I was he wondering. Did, no, yeah. yeah <laughs> All right. So the next the, the next one here is the uh, the first major record label release here with Warner Brothers. Uh, louder now. Yep. Yeah. So um, the uh, that was with Eric Valentine out in L.A. and we recorded that. I was in L.A. from August till Christmas, and it, which seemed like forever. Yeah. And we were recording like around the clock like six to six to seven days a week and uh just the hardest i've ever worked on anything in my life um it was just like trying to get everything very perfect um eric valentine his father is legitimately an um a rocket scientist for nasa wow (laughs) and so eric's brain works like that like it's very scientific and he's very like willing to like make anything happen that that needs to happen like whereas other producers would be like ah, i'm not taking the time for that he'd be like i'll stay up all night and when you come in tomorrow you know we can record the the chainsaw part or you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> random idea we had 
And, um, you know, that was that was yet another step up in a way, um, at least from an engineering perspective. And so that was a, that was a great experience. And plus, I had never like spent that much time in L.A. So living there for that time period was uh, pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> what would your favorite song of that one be? Uh, my favorite one from that is definitely My Blue Heaven. Nice. Um, you can kind of tell between that and this photograph is proof what what my like preferred style is right um, those are a little bit similar but i you know i those are ones that i kind of had a hand in that's like this i don't know that's the sound that i'm normally going for you know i don't always achieve it but in those cases i did (laughs) awesome jumping here now i want to say around 2006 ish 2006 2007 ish here uh the color fred um the bend to break album yeah um so I went back to Lou Giordano to record that one actually. And, um, uh, that one was, that was me out on my own. I was actually still in taking back Sunday when I recorded that. So, uh, um, it was, uh, it was my first time as a lead singer in a long time, um, which was, uh, a different, you know, I I was so used to being like Adam's backup singer by then. That I was like, oh wow, like what do I have to say as a as a singer, you know? And so that was uh, that was really fun. And um, that album is really poppy because I mainly, you know, I wrote all anything I wrote when I was in Taking Back Sunday was available for them to use, but uh, some stuff was too poppy for TBS. So then I'd say, okay, well that's going to be a solo song and. So nice. that album does lean a little more pop than I've done since then. And that's because that's the songs I had left, basically. <laughs> uh, well, uh, favorite song from that album? Um, I really like the last. Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to say Hate to See You Go. I think that's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also I do like the last song, Don't Pretend. I, I That was really like deep to me at the time. It's more of a ballad. It's sort of a long, longer epic song but i love that one um but hate to see you go is that riff in the beginning on the guitar is always with the drum beat is always like one of my favorite things i've written for sure uh the intervention um i like the intervention song on the intervention that that'd be my favorite um that one uh i have some qualms with the recording of that one but i um I got, I basically went to a college and recorded it for free in this huge (laughs) studio and I had students recording me, but, um, I was very limited on time and it was sort of meant to be a record store day release. Mm. Um, it was, it was supposed to be just available for record store day, but now that we stream it wound up on Spotify. So, uh, I, I, I think there's some good ones on there dark cloud is a cool song um but uh i just have some qualms about it (laughs) uh so we jump here terrible things did you start that band terrible things yeah 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 um you guys put out one album the uh self-titled album yeah that was um that was initially i was going into demo songs for uh another color fred album uh with the producer jason elgin and uh, I was, we were down in Alabama, in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, Andy Jackson from Hot Rod Circuit, he um, lives in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. And so we ran into each other down there. 
I was telling him what I was doing and he wanted to hear it. I let him hear the song Lullaby and he was floored. He's like, dude, I got to get in on this. Like, like I want to be in your band. So he joined and then uh, we tried a couple drummers, wound up getting Josh Eppard from Coheed mm-hmm. because he and I were friends from the Breaking Pangea days. And once we got those guys, there was some label interest and it started to seem more like a band and less like the Color Fred solo project. So um, we kind of came up with the Terrible Things concept, uh, which was a song that is on the album that we liked. And so anyway, that was uh, that was sort of how that all just sort of happened as it, it wasn't very well planned. It was just let's let's see what happens. And we were all sort of like out of our bands that had gotten big and we were like the the ex-members thing and we were like we we kind of like consoled each other on things <laughs> you know like because it can be tough to start over but when we were doing it together it was it was you know those guys definitely got where i was at mentally and and that was a good good for my mental health <laughs> so so the song lullaby though i don't know if you want to call it an easter egg or if it's well known or what the the end of lullaby isn't that little devotional there? Yeah, so yeah. I use I reuse that riff from uh, where you want to be exactly. Yeah. Um, it's a little E major thing, and I um I had initially written that for a, a Breaking Pangea song that never came out, and you know that's how I am. Like I'm a I look at myself as like any band I'm in. I'm also sort of a producer or music arranger, and so um. You know, if the producer says, hey, we need we need something here like and I have something that fits, then we use it. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, a lot. Thanks for notice. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you picked up on <laughs> I, that. I, awesome. I caught it. Has anybody really? I mean, I'm sure people have picked up on that before. But, you know, it usually, yeah, it's it usually terrible things. Fans will know it. Um, but, oh, yeah. um, uh, uh, you know. I, terrible things was like a heartbreaker especially if you talk to josh Eppard, because we put a lot into that record we were putting like louder now level uh effort into recording that and, it shows though I, I like it a lot i think it's really thank, good yeah. thank you yeah and well, that's what i've always found anyone that hears it is like damn this is solid but mm-hmm. like it just the word just didn't get out it was it was marketed really poorly by universal records and also, emo was kind of like our scene, let's say. I, I won't say emo. But yeah. <laughs> our, it was at sort of like at a low point at that at that moment. It was just a bad year for all the bands. I felt makes sense, I guess. Uh, no, you I did mean, no no regrets. I just, right. Uh, I just like I'm so happy when someone actually has listened to us. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, you did release two newer um, Color Fred singles. Uh, one I think was last year, but you did release one in, in 2020 here. Yeah. Uh, I think Don't Give Up on Me and Lost and Lonely. Or is that any yep. any sign, signs of a new record, anything like that coming? Or absolutely, we are. Um, uh, I'm recording. I've got a Pro Tools session right in front of me here um, that I was working on a new track and. I have uh, about three more finished mixing and uh, about three more ready to be mixed. So, um, so yeah, the plan is a full full length um, by the end of the year. I kind of gave myself. Um, I'm getting. I'm falling behind. But when we were sentenced to quarantine, I was like, I'm gonna finish the whole album in <laughs> one month. You know, <laughs> and I tried, but. Um, <laughs> 
you know, uh, uh, ups and downs through this tumultuous time, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely looking forward to that stuff, though. But uh, like you. like you mentioned earlier, uh, the show is called For the Berg, based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania here. Do you have any um, favorite venues, cool show memories, places you guys would go out while on tour, What if you had time, anything like that? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. I you know, I'm, I'm in Philly, you know, Philly area, like, um, halfway between Philly and Lancaster PA where the mm-hmm. Amish live. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> there's Philly, there's PA and then there's the middle there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And Pittsburgh, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what and I meant. So, F- Philly, yeah, Pittsburgh, and middle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm messing up my own show. here. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, yeah. So we hit up Pittsburgh quite often, uh, you know, I, I think last time I was out there, it was like Smiling Moose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played there. Um, I, I played bass in um, the Lemonheads a few years back. And I played uh, more of like a venue across from the ballpark, I think, there. Stage AE? Yeah, yes. Yeah, they have like an indoor and an outdoor type yeah, thing going on yeah, there. I yeah, I played there with the Lemonheads. My nice. favorite memory is actually from the old days. Um, Dashboard Confessional played there with armor for sleep and um and breaking pangea opened that show oh no that was color fred boy i am mixing it up <laughs> was that color fred boy oh my gosh so long ago but i i don't remember the venue but it was it was a big venue back in the day uh, like it, I, i'm positive it's not there anymore but Alter Bar, I know that that's one a lot of guys have been saying that's not it's not there anymore. Yeah, Color Fred. Um, I played acoustic at the Alter Bar um, nice. on a tour I did, um, and uh, that was probably 2010 ish. Um, th- this was way, this may have been in 2002 or three, honestly. Okay. But that was uh, boy, I began with a P, but I cannot remember. Someone out there remembers. I'm Someone sure. will hear it and say something. Someone yeah. Word with, <laughs> at that time and um yeah and then it's just a great it's just a nice city man it's good, good vibes uh oh i played there with circus survive once um nice. at a mr smalls mr I smalls yep is that still there mr smalls is still there yeah all right excellent yeah um, <laughs> yeah so you know we would we would uh i would always play a lot of ohio shows and we'd always hit pittsburgh on, on those trips and nice. uh, you know weekend type of stuff we were actually set to come out there again um in may uh actually it was would have been last weekend oh man <laughs> uh, and uh just got canceled of course yeah uh, but but i was so i i've been working a day job I was working a day job for about six years and not knowing that this was all going to happen. I quit my job in January to go back to go on tour. Yeah. I set up some, some tour dates, um, for color Fred and, uh, released the new song, uh, lost and lonely. And then, you know, the tour, the, the dates are getting, obviously we will go is the second we can. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, so do you know what the word, the term Jagoff means? I would assume since you're pretty. I've, well, I've, only <laughs> the uh, if you call someone that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, dickhead, asshole, whatever. You're uh, so I've I've asked every guy on the show um, this question. I'm kind of batting a little over 500. Most of the guys will give me answers, but some don't, and it's totally fine. Whatever you want to do, not pushing you here, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Being in these bigger bands, meeting a lot of famous people, I'm sure. Uh, is there anybody that you were excited to meet or that you met that just they turned out to be a jagoff? <laughs> uh, the singer of the Offspring. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, 
no hesitation. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't have to think about that no. one. <laughs> no, you know why? Because he's the only person. I Everyone that I meet is by and far nice dudes. Um, but no, he, he just, I did like nine shows with them when we were in Terrible Things. And I didn't get so much as a hello when I'm standing in front of him going, hey, man, I want to meet you. <laughs> like, Dexter, what's up? And like, just like sunglasses on, doesn't even look our way. And I'm just like, yo, I'm in the band that's on right. the tour. And it's like, we share the same stage, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I shouldn't talk trash because I know many of my friends are fans of them and they don't like to hear that. But my experience was bad. Maybe he was going through a rough time. You know, people have uh, bad years in their lives. You know, I don't know what he was going through, but sure. <laughs> it didn't work out for me. <laughs> um, so just have a couple, more than a couple, I have a few fan questions here, and then uh, then you could be on your way, man. So number one, I, I posted it on my Facebook that you were going to be on the show to see if people had any questions. And awesome. the uh, first one that comes in is actually, you mentioned them, Armor for Sleep from uh, Nash Breen from Armor for Sleep. He said, uh, quote, Hey Fred, do you remember Nash from Armor for Sleep? He says hi. So I guess he wanted to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's the guitarist. I'm just kidding. It's the yeah. drummer and I remember him well. I love you, Nash. Uh, <laughs> thanks for writing in. <laughs> yeah. um, next one here. Uh, we know a few members of Taking Back Sunday have been hit with Adam's microphone, obviously. Uh, yeah. But has he ever hit you with one of those mic swings? And if so, how bad was it? If not, how the hell were you able to get away from it every time on stage? Um, yeah. <laughs> So I did get hit really bad once, um, and I have my guitar here, which I know this isn't going to be on video, I assume, but there's a big gash out of my neck here, mm -hmm. and what happened was I was I was holding the guitar like this, and the mic came around and hit, and it, it basically exploded my thumbnail, um, and... Uh, it, it was it was it was fairly ugly. I ran off stage and um, someone taped me up with like gaff tape and I went back out and finished the show. Um, and uh, funny thing was, Adam was yelling at me for leaving the stage. Oh, and, no. But then when he realized <laughs> he didn't he, know. Yeah. <laughs> when he realized that he hurt me. He felt so terrible. And I just he, he is a very sweet guy. So that was kind of um the extent of the story but my my guitar will never be the same but my i do have a scar actually next to my nail on my thumb from that occurrence it was that bad wow but um but that was the only time let me tell you you're not gonna let that happen twice <laughs> how do you guys like coordinate that i mean you obviously can't coordinate that he's a madman out there with that microphone yeah. well <laughs> you kind of like you know like he knows not to go too far you know he won't let out more than 10 feet let's there's say. some of those where he's throwing it around his neck for but it's going across the ground I mean, some of those were pretty <laughs> yeah so on the really big stages he would go 20 feet 25 feet out and on those because it was a hundred foot cable he had okay and so i would um you know if you saw him going for that you're like all right i'm going back next to my <laughs> aunt and he knew when he when he was you know he would kind of keep an eye out as to but the, the times when people got hit was when you know, because you kind of you'd be up front singing with the fans and then he'd start swinging. You'd be like, I'm going back to my amp. I'm not getting hit, you know. 
And like when Matt Rubano got hit, it was you guys made that shirt from from when he got hit, right? Yeah, yeah. That blue shirt with the mic wrapped around the neck. Yeah, Yeah. he would have never got hit because we we kind of knew where to where to hide, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, but uh, what happened was he got a guitar, um, a bass in the wrong tuning. I think it was supposed to be drop D and it was in E. So he couldn't play the song and he was he was looking down at his hands to try to keep playing and change the key on the spot. And when when he was looking down, he wasn't watching the mic because you would see it, you'd be like, here it comes. I'm oh, over yeah. Here. <laughs> All right. It's over there now. I'm going to run up and play up. Oh, here it comes back. Up. <laughs> That's funny, though. That's I mean, it sucks that people getting hurt. But but <laughs> but you got you're pulling double triple duty. You're singing, playing guitar and looking out for the mic yeah, at the same time. Yeah. It was <laughs> that, uh, it was uh, you know, definitely made for good shows, for, though. But still yeah, anything for a great show. Yeah. You know, would, <laughs> Um, so the next one here, the song "Follow the Format," a B-side for or, or a demo or B-side for uh, "Where You Want to Be." Um, how close was that to actually making the record? And is that bonus mosh part one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> That's amazing. That's funny. Um, I um, I actually really loved that song. At it's the one. Time. I love that song. Uh, yeah. Oh, thank you, man. It was um, it if I had my say, it would have went on the record, but I I understood why it didn't um we sort of like wrote it about um, some of the drama that was going on with the band and changing members and things. And uh, Adam didn't really want to perpetuate that in the lyrics. So um, um, I actually wrote a lot of the lyrics to that one, um, but it was sort of more about how my band was being picked on at the time. And so, so anyway, uh, he was just like, you know what? I don't want to sing about this. So uh, so we kept it off. But it was a pretty pretty unusual, neat song. You know the way Mark did the the stick clicks in the beginning and all that. It was it was nice. And I, I'm like a lover of the three four time signature, like with the early emo bands would all, you know, like some coheed stuff, but more like the Sunny Day Real Estate style of the mm-hmm. three four. So. So yeah, that, that uh, fun fact: the chorus to that was supposed to be a George Costanza quote from Seinfeld. Um, the chorus was, um, "It's not a lie if you believe it." If you believe it, they were asking George how he lies so well, and he's like, "It's not a lie if you believe it." <laughs> That's and awesome. So that was what it was about. So. Nice. <laughs> um next one do you have any weird uh superstitious pre-show rituals or anything like that before taking stage um i like to do the huddle um kind of get the band together and and uh anybody has anything to say um uh but um you know i i i take care of my throat a lot i drink a lot of a lot of water sometimes i buy like throat coat tea um to get to um feel good a lot of stretches you know i i stretch uh profusely before i go on um i've been doing that since i was pretty young because i always threw out my back jumping around with a guitar so yeah um, awesome maybe listen to some van halen <laughs> nice um what band would you have seen most live as a fan not on not on tour with but like paid tickets as a fan um in my younger years, I liked, um, I mean, we used to go to like two shows a week for a while. You know how that is. And yeah. 
fun days, you know. Um, but um, I've probably seen uh, there was a band called Shudder to Think that was from DC that I used to love, mm-hmm. um, and I saw them probably a dozen times. Another band called Sam I Am that I mentioned, Lou Giordano produced. Um, I've seen them probably a dozen times. Um, that's that's about you know some of my favorite bands I've only gotten to see once or twice. You know it's it's uh, it's like I, I guess my thing was I always wanted to see every band I liked, and mm-hmm. so I, I you know I pretty much have seen all the bands that I like. I've seen some rare shows. Um, you know that's what. I, so I won't necessarily go see a band every time they come through. Next one, it's kind of a weird one, but I asked it in another interview, and it, it went over pre- pretty well. It's been getting some uh, good responses here. It's different, but playing so many shows, your entire career is bound to happen. When's the last time you bombed on stage, and what went oh. wrong, and how bad was it? Oh my God, it was uh, about uh, nine years ago, something like that. Um, it was a it was a terrible thing show. And it was in Jersey at the Stanhope house. And I literally had no voice. And my whole life, I've had shows where I'm losing my voice or I sound scratchy or I don't like the sound of my voice. But I freaking go out and I somehow get through it. Like adrenaline just kicks in. You know, I drink drink a bunch of hot tea, a bunch of water, and I spend the whole day preparing. And I go out and I can usually pull it off. And this time it just was not coming out. It was just, uh, <laughs> and it was mortifying. To be honest, like everybody I was friends with that was there was like, yeah, that was pretty bad. But, but everyone was very cool about it and they understood what was going on. Um, but I just, I hated that. I, like I cannot stand letting down a crowd. It was, it was super super maddening for me so but that was the main time that i can think of <laughs> uh last one uh if your band could tour with, tour with just one other band the rest of your career who would that band be and why Ooh, um i would probably go out with um probably coheed and cambria because they're sick musicians and they're also nice dudes and and i i and Fun fact, um, Breaking Pangea was the first band to ever bring Coheed out. Oh, wow. And um, the first time they left the state of New York, it was it was with us. And it was a, I'm not bragging, it wasn't a amazing tour. It actually sucked most of the dates. But uh, there was a couple good. Dayton, Ohio was killer. Um, but um, we, I, we didn't play Pittsburgh that tour that I remember. Um, but, um, they're, they're like close friends and I would love to keep touring with them. So. Awesome. Sounds good. I, I appreciate it. Oh, go ahead. The other one was angels and airwaves. Cause, um, Tom, Tom DeLong has always been a guy that, that's sort of takes care of me. And, uh, um, I've toured like with him probably a total of a year or more. Over he the he years. did the, uh, this photograph is proof video, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he was hugely supportive, um, especially back when he owned Macbeth and all that. Um, mm-hmm. That was, uh, you know, I, I we uh, TBS opened for Blink. Angels and Airways came out with TBS. Yep. Father Fred went out with Angels and Airways. So 
we've done a, done a, done a couple warp tours together. So it was. I think Matt is Matt Rubano playing bass for them right now. Or, he, or yeah, he is. With them? Yeah. He's living in the in California now, and uh, that's one of his main gigs right now. Awesome. So that's good cool. for him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything you want to say or, or plug or anything like that before we get off here? So um, if you get a chance, go check out my YouTube channel. I got a. Um, in the shed with fred is a little video series that i'm doing it's me in my studio um talking about old tour stories or new songs um showing gear that i have that you know little just little things uh that might be of interest um it's it's pretty fun to watch so ch check it out um it's the color fred youtube channel um and also uh just look out for new music um i have a I did a song um, during this uh, quarantine that um, I asked fans to send in tracks. I, I put up, I basically put up an acoustic song and said, put some guitars on, put some drums on, put some bass on. And I got like a bunch of people send in, uh, you know, record stuff at home and send it to me. I'm in the midst of putting it all together now. There's like one version that has like 12 singers on it. It's nice. pretty sick. <laughs> That's pretty cool though. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so that, that one's going to be coming out next, um, hopefully in the next month. So, uh, so check that out on the color Fred Spotify. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. I, appreciate I it, man. Would, man. Why did you take it all the way from me?
Did you walk away so easy?